Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. Okay, so we're going to come around the Word of God this morning, and our monthly theme is For the One. Up, it's not up there, but For the One. And that's what the theme is. My message this morning, I've entitled The Value of the One. The Value of the One. John 3.16, a very common verse, says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I, as a life coach, I have a lot of people come to me at times and say, uh, Dan, I, I want you to help me and to coach me in the area of finding my purpose in life. Uh, the next five seconds, we'll give it to you, and so you haven't got to keep digging. Um, most people, when they come and talk to me about their purpose in life, what they're really talking about is they want to find their career in life. It can and sometimes be a very different things to purpose. So there's five streams to the purpose of every Christian. It comes out of Matthew 22:37. Uh, Jesus said, "Shall love the Lord our God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your being, and love others as you love yourself." This is the first part of it. Second part of it comes from Matthew 28:19 and 20, where he says, "Therefore go into all the world and make disciples of every nation." baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and, and teaching them to observe the things of God. And so out of that we get the five purposes, and I'm going to speak on one of them today. And the five purposes, number one, is to love God, to love Him, that's worship. The second one is to be a part of His family, is the second part of our purpose, and that is all about fellowship. The third one is to become like Him, which is about discipleship. Fourth one is to serve him, which is ministry. And the last one is what I want to talk on today, is to tell others about him, which is about evangelism. And so those five streams, is, they need to be in balance in our life. I, I've got a picture here I was going to send it in to put up. Sometimes we can be like the bodybuilder who's got massive big biceps and massive big pecs and you know massive big glutes and all that, but but totally out of balance. You know, they're, they're up here and they're down there and everything's And, and, and they, 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 after a while, start to, is that really a human being am I looking at? <laughs> or is some gross uh, out of balance thing? And that word out of balance can be said in a couple of ways. The word eccentric. And what happens oftentimes in Christianity is that we get out of balance with our Christian walk. We don't have the five of those things in balance in our lives, where we worship God, where we, we fellowship at church, where we have ministry in our lives, and we have evangelism. And so what happens for many of us is we go down the stream that we like most. Would that be true? And so if I, if I love to sing praise and worship, I, that's what I do. If I love prayer, that's what I do. Well, all those are good, but our lives need to be in balance. Our, otherwise, they become eccentric. They spin out, and after a while, we, we, you know, we get all out of sorts with life. So today, I want to talk about this fourth one of evangelism, because the value of one is very important that 
we as Christians understand one person makes a difference in the kingdom of God. Your life makes a difference in the kingdom of God. My life does as well. So there's a saying, there's a Jewish saying comes from the Talmud. It's uh, the written law of, of the Jews. And it says, whoever saves one soul saves the world entirely. Whoever saves one soul saves the world entirely. And today I want to talk about the one, the value of the one. Different things as we serve Christ out in one of those streams of being a, a, a son and a daughter of God. One of those streams that we make sure is active in our lives so that I am balanced in my life. And, and so the one stream of getting out and reaching the lost, just one, just one soul. One person led Billy Graham to the Lord. One person led Reidard Bonke to the Lord. Between the two of them, how many tens of millions of people did they lead to the Lord? So one person can make a difference. When God created the world, he created it for one person, Adam, didn't he? When God called Moses, he called one man to deliver Egypt. When God put Joseph in Egypt, he was one man amongst millions. But he made a difference. And today you make a difference. Sometimes the job's too big or too great for one person. But it's through the one person at a time that the world will come to Christ. Think about that. The job's too big for one person, but, but through one person at a time, my life revolves around the saying, I want, to, I want to change the world. I still want to change the world. But one person at a time, that's all I've got to do, is one person. It's all you and I got to do is one person who's, who, who, who leads another person to Christ. So today, let's talk about how do we do that? What are some of the one things that are important in our lives? So the first thing is we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to value one soul, just one. We've got to have the value for one. Anne and I pastored a church in Atherton for nine, ten years, something like that. And Atherton Tablelands is, is renowned for its, well, it was for its dairy industry. And we had a lot of dairy owners in, in our church up there. And I'd go out there and, and, you know, do fencing with them or whatever and hang around the dairy. And I noticed one, or all of them really, farmers, and, and one particular one, his name was Mick Laws. Uh, he's passed on now, he's with the Lord. But he had 120 cows at, at the time. And every one of those 120 milkers was named. Every one of the 120. I said, Mick, that's a bit unrealistic. He said, no, Dan, because every one of them is important to me. Every one of the 120. That's not talking about the ones that are in the dry paddock. and They're all named as well. How can you come up with 129? No, name them all. And he knew their, their natures of every one of them. And so it's valuing the one that's important to God. And it's got to be important to us as we go out to reach our world for Christ. And so we got the parable of the lost sheep. And in Matthew 18 and 11 said, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That's what he's come to do. 
And that should be our desire. God, I'd, I'd continue your work, Jesus. You know, I'd continue that out in the world. That, that my desire is to go out and to seek and to save the lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them strays off? You know, people, when they stray, I don't know if you've ever strayed, but when I've strayed, I, it doesn't, it's not a very pretty sight. <laughs> Old bad habits come back in again, old language, old jokes, old friends. And there's, there's things that happen in a person's life when they stray or people who don't, don't know yet know Christ. And they live like people who don't yet know Christ. And for some of us, we get so tied up in our little Christian world that some of us may not even have any friends that are unsaved or unchurched. We may not even have them in our worlds. But you know, the scripture says here that he goes after the one that strays and it says he leaves the 99 to go out and to look for that one because, friends, one is valuable. <laughs> one is valuable. You are valuable. Every one of you today, wherever you are in God, this may have been the best week you've ever had and maybe the worst week. I don't know. You might be flying high with God and you might be where I have been at times spitting a dummy with God, but you are still important to him. The one person, the one, the one, the one. I've got to go out and I've got to reach this world, just one person at a time. And if one of those sheep are missing, if there's one of us today who, who's been in this congregation last year and who's not in this congregation this year, who's sitting in the congregation of the local pub or wherever it may be, friends, we need to leave and go and find them and bring them back in because that's the heart of God. If we're good at worship, I just want to worship all day. If I'm in this, I just what I want to do all day because it's a natural instinct we've had, but not all of those five are natural instincts to us. Is that right? And some of us are shy. Some of us find it difficult. But one person is important. And today, there's people here, and you've got that one person on your heart. I know you may be that one person. I want us, I want us to stop right now, and I want us to pray for them. Hey, Can we do that? How about as a congregation, we pray for that person that's in your life. We pray for that. We pray for ourselves and say, God, this, I, I've got to get an unsaved person in my world or I've got to get into their world. So let's pray together. Father, today, as we come around this word, Father, we pray that every one of us today would have someone in our lives who would have a lost sheep in our hearts, would have a lost sheep in our homes, that would have a lost sheep in our relationship. Father, today, I pray for every person here. Lord, even the lost sheep that may be even upon, in this congregation today, I pray, let the power of God come upon their lives. Lord, in Jesus' name. To save one is to save the world. How beautiful is that? To save one. Watch Schindler's List in the last five minutes of it. He said, man, if I'd have sold this biro, I could have saved two more souls. But I sold this car, I could have seen five more saved. The second thing we can do is one act of kindness. The value of one act of kindness. Who knows where that will lead you? We think about the Good Samaritan in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 
30 to 37. It says this, a man one time was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, those of us who have been to Israel, you know that Jericho down near the, Red, the Dead Sea is about 1,200 feet or meters or something below sea level. And he, he's traveled down in his life. This man's gone astray. And like most men and women who go astray, their lives, you know, the Garden of Eden that they once lived in now turns into a desert. And, and this man, he gets beaten up. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and as a result, he gets knocked about. But the Bible talks about this good Samaritan who saw this man, and he had one act of kindness to him. He picked him up. He cleaned him up. He, he got him into a place of stable living, and he looked after him. And friends, we know if we can do this one act of kindness for somebody, you just don't know what that act will do in the heart of that person. One act of kindness. You know, the world's got enough critics. The world's got enough uh, uh, psychoanalysts who says, oh, you know what, if they lived right, they wouldn't have been in that place. And if they weren't stupid, they wouldn't have lost their marriage. We, we can become, the, sometimes we can become the judge and jury of the world, can't we? Is that right? Are you with me? Is that right? Have you been there? I've been there. I've been there. The person who's, who's on the wayside down near the Dead Sea, he, that's where he's going to end up, in the Dead Sea, nothing good comes out of him. And instead of being a place where I, I know why they got there, just get there and do something good, just one act of kindness can change the life of one person, Saviour. Just one. Just one. Let's just one. Just, just do something nice for one person maybe buy a coffee for them and spend a half an hour with them, something like that, can change their world. Can change their world. The value of a little... <laughs> the value of one little light. Yeah, Jesus said in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, again Jesus spoke and said to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me and, uh, will, uh, uh, will not walk in darkness, but will have light will have the light of life. But then it says that Jesus talking about himself, but Jesus then spoke to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, 14, and said, you are the light of the world. You are the light. See, you might say, oh, Dan, you know, you don't understand, mate. I, I don't know a lot of scripture. I don't know this. I don't know that. Who's been in a real dark, dark hole? <laughs> How dark was it? I mean, I've worked underground, man, and you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's that dark. And the smallest of little candles, not that you're allowed to have them in coal mines, but <laughs> there's certain things that are no-go zones when you work in coal mines, I can tell you. But one little light, a half a kilometre down the road, can be seen. And you might think that your light's not real bright, I tell you what, you haven't got to be real bright. You really haven't. One little light. The value of one little light. In, in, in the world of someone in darkness can make the world a difference for that person who's in darkness. Just one word of encouragement. Just one moment. Just one. Just, just one. That's all. Yeah, we have the saying, oh, I've got a bit of light at the end of my tunnel now. 
Oh man, who's been along tunnels? When you come out from underground, sometimes they're long, long roads, and you can see the little light in the distance. You know where to go. You know where to go. You know, every one of us here sitting in this room today can be a light to somebody. And you might be the only light they encounter for the whole week. How do you think about that? In, in, in this world of confusion in which we live in, in this world where anything that feels good, go for it. In this world where there's no real value systems, the, this world where, where truth is relative to the situation you're in, there's no light if you live in that world. There's no clear direction forward. There's no boundaries to your road because, man, it doesn't matter. You know the world I'm talking about. Is that true? But when there's a light, just a little light, just a little light, friends today, Mark, you can be a little light to somebody. You may not feel you're real bright. Come on, friends, you may not feel you're real bright. But when you're in darkness, I tell you what, you cling to any light you can get. Because it's a scary place when you're lost and when you're in darkness. Come on, you're a light. Father, today over every person here, Father, I pray, let the light of life come over them. Father, let us see today, every one of us, Lord, that we can be a light shining. We are a light shining in the darkness. Father, I pray, let every one of us get the realisation, the revelation of it, of how much I can brighten up the world of someone, of people who today wake up into another world that's dark. In Jesus' name. Now we're going for time. I've got a stack of notes. I'm just trying to think in the Holy Ghost, which is the good ones to talk about here. What about the value of one friend? For the one. The value of one friend. The value of one friend. There's a story about Mary when the angel came to Mary and Mary conceived Jesus within her womb. The scripture said that she, she hastened to Elizabeth. And here's Mary in that first, was it the first trimester, is it? You know, Cam, you, this is new language for me. You know, I'm, I'm the old school. Ah, she's pregnant. <laughs> Anne's going to have a baby. These days it's all, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Cam came out with some big long words the other night about you know, feeding babies. And that. What's he talking about? <laughs> but here's Mary in that first trimester, the most vulnerable time of a baby's existence. The most, and, and in the world today, unfortunately, we've got the medical ability to keep babies alive like we've never had. It's just as many dying as what there was then. It's unfortunate, isn't it? But here is Mary. She's conceived this word within her. A lot of the people that, and, and myself as a, as a coach, I go into the worlds of many people and they get a word but that word within them is very vulnerable because of the negativity that's out there of their past talking to them 
Oh, you couldn't do that. Remember all the other times you failed. Or who are you to do that? And, and the word that's within them that scriptures talk about sometimes can fall into a very vulnerable seedbed. And the one is so important that we forget that what I needed and what you needed more than likely when you came to Christ was someone who could reinforce the word of God in your life. And that's what friends do. You know, what a great thing to have on your, on your tombstone that says, George was a friend. Wouldn't that be something? Not George was a millionaire, George was powerful, George was pro. No, George was a friend. Because the beauty of our friends are is that in your most vulnerable time, they become your strength, don't they? Come on, are, are you, you, you're clicking with me? Because you can be a friend. You may not be able to quote scripture. You may not be the great prayer that you see everybody else's. You may not be all of that. You may not be able to sing in tune. But I'll tell you what, every one of us in this room here today can be a friend. The value of a friend. And Mary took off to Elizabeth's place where she, she could keep the word of God alive within her. And for you and I, if this church is going to do what it's here to do, what we're here to do before we build buildings, before we fame, before any of that, before we are here to see the world come to Christ. You're not, friends, I want to let you in on something. You're not going to get it all together before you go to be with Jesus. I'm sorry if you're trying. You can see all the psychologists in the world. You can get all the counselling in the world. You can confess everything over your life. I'm telling you what, you're going to go to heaven with a few dints in your fender. Is that true? Or is it only Dan? Mate, I know I look good. My wife dresses me. <laughs> Might have the best shirt in the world, but I'll tell you what some stuff in here that's just not going to get it all together. And I'm sorry, nor are you. Come on. You can have the best looking four-wheel drive in the world. You take it, Bush, it's going to get a few dints in it. If you're going to use that thing for what it's made for, it's going to get worn out. And if you and I are going to live our life we're going to have a bit of baggage. But there's no such thing as excess baggage in the kingdom of heaven. And the thing is, if we spent less time trying to get ourselves perfect and just got out there around some people so that we're still in touch with the humanity part of our lives, when somebody sits down with us, Ange, and says, you know, I've got trouble in this area, we know in ourselves we're battling the same thing. There's nothing like a Christian who's got empathy. There's nothing like a Christian who can understand. See, Jesus understood the tax collectors and the sinners, and that's why the Bible says he was their friend. He was their friend. And friend, You can be a friend. Just walk a journey with them. Don't try and have all the answers. She's quiet in this church this morning. <laughs> 
that's, that's what it's about, just doing a journey with people. Because that's, that, you know, Jesus actually said, man, don't bring your offering in until you sorted out all your fights with everybody, you know. Sometimes we, we put, is that right? You should leave your offering at the all and go and fix your issues up and come back. You know, sometimes what, in, what we think impresses God, I don't think sometimes really impresses God. I think the biggest surprise when I get to heaven is, number one, I'm actually going to get there. <laughs> the second one is there's going to be people who I thought would be there who won't be there. And the third one is there's going to be people there who I thought wouldn't be there who are there. <laughs> and I'm one of them. <laughs> Does that make sense? Be a friend. Be a friend. Just be a friend. Go and join a club. Join a gym. Buy a barbecue. Just be a friend to your neighbours. Just be a friend. Your light. The light that you are is enough to reach those people. See, see, just one gift, one friend is valuable. One friend. Oh, dear Jesus, five minutes to go. Okay. <laughs> Look at me, page of it. I just got carried away with it because, and I got a whole heap down here I've written as well, because it, it just did something for me. The value of one invitation. The value of one invitation. Jesus said this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, "Come unto me, all who labour and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn from me." Some of us have been Christians for many, many years and we're still learning, aren't we? Would you agree? Yeah, a lot. We've been Christians for year after year and we're still learning. We're still learning the ways of God. We're still learning to forgive. We're still learning to have faith in, oursel in ourselves. Let me say that again. We're still learning to have faith in ourselves. We're still learning to believe in ourselves, are we? We're still learning not to whip ourselves when we say something stupid, do something stupid or think something stupid. We're all there. Come on, let's tell the truth and shock the devil. It's true. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Just one invitation, just one invitation, just one invitation. You know what? Well, we've got Christmas coming up. Just one invitation. We're so blessed we've got our next-door neighbours coming with us this year. Oh, that's so... Mm. One invitation. Just one invitation. We've got another set of neighbours, these sons, having a, having a bit of a struggle in life. And he said, Dan, is there something you could do to help us? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I could, but I'm a bit busy at the moment. It's easier to say that. So I said, yeah, give me my number. And so we hooked up. Just one invitation. Easy in church yet? Nah. But just one invitation. Just one. Just one. If you don't ask, you don't get. Is that right? If you don't ask, you don't get. 
And I come from a big Irish Catholic family, mate. If you waited to be asked, you got nothing. It was the quick and hungry in our home. One invitation. Can you ask your next door neighbour? Come on, we're going to pray for this in, a, in two seconds. Just one invitation, one invite. Just one. Had, had a little girl, two streets from us, last Christmas. She came around and she's just a little tot. And she made all of these nice little cards out. Just made these cards out and she went around to all the neighbours and just put this card, just saying, look, we've had COVID this year. It's been a bit of a tough year. But my name's so-and-so and, and I, I just want to wish you a happy Christmas. And I met this young girl and we got talking. A beautiful young girl. It touched our hearts. Just one invite. One invite after another invite after another invite. That's all we've got to do. See, the one invite's important. The one invite is valuable to the person who needs the invite. Some people aren't in church today because they've never been invited. Ooh, where did that come from? Maybe it's the Holy Ghost. Maybe your, maybe your neighbour's not in church today because they've never been asked. Just one invite. Just one visit. Maybe it's a hospital visit. I meet a lot of people, you know, who know people in hospital. I say, have you visited them? No. Why not? Well, I don't know what I'd say. Who's ever had that? Well, you haven't got to say much. Just be there. Your presence is enough. Just go up there and say, look, I don't know what to say. I feel stupid, but I want to come and visit you. It'll mean everything to them. Just one visit. Just one word. And I want to finish on this, and we're going to pray. Just one inkling. Just one inkling. Uh, ten years ago, I was doing some consultancy work in a, a coal mine out west of here, Fairway. And I was all dressed up, ready to go underground, and we were waiting to have a toolbox, what they call a toolbox talk before you go down, and they talk about all the hazards and things concerned. And while I was waiting for them, I got this inkling in me. There was three guys sitting on a bench about 100 foot from me, and there was a heap of people. And I got this inkling in me and said, Dan, you need to go and talk to those three guys over there. And I can be not very sociable at times, and I said, oh, I don't want to go over there and talk to them. What do I want to talk to them for? Well, you need to go over and talk to them. I said, oh, I don't want to go over. Have you ever had these conversations with God? Or is it, I don't want to. I just want to be by myself. No, go over and talk. So I went over. This is gospel truth. Because I got this inkling that kept staying there. And I went over and sat with these three guys. And we got yabber. And the next minute, two of them got up and walked away and left one there. And, and I thought, well, thank God for that. So I just sat there. He turned to me and he said, you don't know who I am, do you? I said, no, I wouldn't have a clue. He said, I'm your nephew. I'm your nephew. Well, to that, both of us hopped up in front of a hundred and something coal mines. We just hugged one another. And it was just so beautiful, this young man, you know, once knew God and walked away. And, and, and from that, we built a relationship that while I was out there, I'd go and visit him and his wife. One inkling, 
How many of us respond to the one inkling? Two weeks ago, I was in Mackay doing some consultancy work up there with a trucking company, and I got this, I got an inkling about this same guy again, Sean. And it just came. Where's Sean, Dan? I haven't spoken to him in 10 years. He went off the radar. Gee, it'd be good if you had Sean's number, you could give him a ring. Actually, in fact, I did, and I didn't, didn't respond to it. And I'm sitting at the airport, waiting for my plane to come back home again, and the phone rings. Hi, Uncle Dan, this is Sean here. <laughs> Just an inkling. I didn't respond to it. Didn't know his number, whatever. We all got the excuses, haven't we? Is that right? Is, is that right? Come on. We all get the inkling. See, one inkling is valuable. And we need to step out on the inkling. We need to trust God with the inkling. Yeah, you'll be wrong a lot of times, but you know what? You only need to be once. I need to be right once. <laughs> is that right? Only going to be right once. You can, be, you can afford to be wrong 99 times. That's all right, Pete, isn't it? You know, we can afford to be right, wrong. But if we miss the one, if we, if we miss the one that's right on, what happens then? And if we respond to the one, it just shows that we're faithful and we'll get more and we'll hear more and, and, and we'll go across those people more. Is that right? And today, as we think about it, for the one, just the one, if wouldn't it be something that every one of us next year in 2023 could lead one person to Jesus Christ? Just one. Just one. If we could change the life of just one person, forget about ourselves. We get too tied up with ourselves. Oh, I lost my hearing aids. We get too tied up in our... Now I can't hear myself. <laughs> we get too tied up in ourselves of wanting a perfect life. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just not that good looking. We're just, not that, we're just not that important. We are to God, but you know what? Let's get out there. Let's win the loss. Let's, let's, let's make disciples. Let's, this next year, you, just one, Dan, just one, just one. Just the one. Let's not set a goal of 50, 20, 30, just the one. Because there's been times when I've led the one to the Lord and a week's later, they're before the Lord in heaven. And I don't know how many of those I've had because I've gone on an inkling. So let's pray. We're over time, but let's pray. And, and I'm dead serious about this. This is important. This, this is really important because people's, their future's hanging on us. Their salvation's hanging on us. We've got to get out there. We've got to get those people. Father, today over every person here. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. 
We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.